Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Repeat after me. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media. Today we're discussing Judah and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah is a 2021 American biographical drama film about the portrayal of Fred Hampton, played by Daniel Kaluuya. Fred Hampton was the chairman of an Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party in the late 1960s Chicago. And uh, I don't really want to go to too much uh, spoilers for what's going on uh, historically regarding this movie. So just long story short, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is playing an FBI informant uh, for the FBI, and they are uh, trying to infiltrate the Black Panther Party. Um this is starring. This movie stars Jesse Plemons, Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Dominique Fishback, uh, Ashton Sanders, among many other uh, notable names. This is directed by Shaka King, which I believe it is his directorial debut. Um, let me uh, confirm that real quick. Uh, okay, so no, this is his second movie. He had uh, Newlyweds which was in 2013. So it's a second movie. Um, but yes, uh, let me see what else we got. Okay, okay. I, I kind of want to tiptoe up around this movie because I do feel like this movie does hit a lot harder not knowing the historical facts of this movie. Um, so it does vary uh, by the experience if you understand uh the Black Panther Party, the history behind it, versus watching this just for uh, entertainment, quote-unquote, value. So, a Fred Hampton biopic has been in the works for several years, according to Wikipedia, with both of the Lucas brothers and Will Burson uh, writing and shopping screenplays individually since 2014. Burson's um, version, which this is the, he's, Burson is the, uh, Will Burson and Shaka King are the screenplay, uh, writers. Burson's version almost got made with F. Gary Gray from, uh, I think that is uh, straight out of Compton director, um, directing, but that fell through. King was derived, uh, hired to direct. Uh, the cast joined in 2019 with the blessings of Hampton's family and the filming taking place all in Ohio. So it premiered in uh, 2021 Sundance Film Festival. Uh, released digitally and simultaneously on theatrical and HBO Max streaming services. Um, I believe the majority of people uh, found it uh, very notable. The performances were amazing. The story was very tight. The the uh, reaction to it seemed very uh, overall positive. Um, I think the film earned six Oscar nominations. Uh, this year, um, or I guess that was the 93rd Academy Awards, uh, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, and uh, Kalua won Best Supporting Actor, and there was a, a Best Original Song as well. 
So without going into too much detail, this is a $26 million budget. Uh, I'm not expecting it to make tons of money back because of the COVID protocols, but uh, it still, I think, did pretty good on HBO streaming service considering uh, how it was talked about. Uh, anything else? Sean Babbitt was the cinematographer, and he... I liked the cinematography on here. Um, he also has been notable for... He's going to be the cinematographer, I believe, for the Marvels. Uh, he was cinematographer of the Rhythm Section, Widows, uh, Kill the Messenger, Old Boy by Spike Lee, 12 Years a Slave. Um, yeah, some notable notable uh, movies under those belt. So, um, yeah, without going into too many spoilers, for everyone that's listening on YouTube and everyone that is listening in the spoiler free section i gotta say this movie landed with a wallop i thought it had a um really strong direction behind it the cast the 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 cylinders were firing on all cylinders i will say if you do not know the history of fred hampton i think that this gives you a very interesting insight into the not only fred hampton but also the black panther party and uh you know some of the pros and some of the cons of that situation and to be honest i was kind of in the dark about the history of the black panther party and so i felt like this was very notable in a way if this was given uh the blessing of the fred Ham uh the fred hampton's family then i definitely think that they must agree with a lot of what was said on this movie um this is uh one of those movies that has uh you know, text at the very end to kind of hit you with another wallop. Um, that definitely hits. The, the The ending of this movie is a big, big wallop, and I think it's going to uh, color, color in, fill in, whatever you want to call it, um, how most people are going to feel in reaction to this movie. Um, personally, I think this is one of those movies that is considered important, and not only is it uh, theatrically from a, a uh, from uh, it, mo it being a movie that is just strictly entertaining, it's uh, really well made. I'm unfamiliar with Shaka King, but after watching this, it feels like I'm watching like a young Spike Lee. Um, I have heard that you know there are different uh, cinematic flares in this um, movie that are very notable. I, I can't uh, dismiss it on that. You know, it's very. Uh, flashy in a way in some ways that makes it feel bold and inspiring in a way I, I felt like after this I felt you know the urge to be inspired but also I was a little upset and I was mad and there, there are all sorts of emotions happening while watching this uh, movie so I want to say because it does have all these strong players in it the actors the direction we even have uh, Ryan Coogler behind uh, the production as well. I wonder if Charles D. King is related to Shaka King. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but anyways, yes, I was very impressed by this movie. I would absolutely recommend it. It's about an 8 out of 10. Entertaining from head to toe. And when it comes to learning about the historical facts of the Black Panther Party, there must be some real... Um, I want to say that there's probably some more more close to real facts than not 
that are focused in this movie. So um, kind of in the same realm of why I felt like it was important to learn about the sound of music. Um, that movie focuses on individuals um, that are going deaf. I feel like this movie is in the same way of how that was important to watch how their struggle was. I feel like this is another way that you could have you can learn about the Black Par- the Black Panther Party and the struggles that um, they were facing at the time and how the FBI and government were treating them at the, you know and, and people in general were just treating them at the time and uh, you know kind of understanding uh, what their perspective as well. And so that's where I feel that this movie is important. It's one of those uh, historical values of uh, if you weren't there, you probably wouldn't understand, but this is kind of a little insight into it. I'm not saying this is word for word what happened back in the day, but I'm sure um, given the uh, the William O'Neill story played by Lakeith Stanfield, it seems like there certainly was a really big predicament um, that was happening between the government and the Black Panther Party. So, everyone that is uh, subscribed to the Lucky Doll Podcast, you'll be able to get this uh, first, early, and released uh, when essentially when it's recorded. Um, we are transferring the majority of our spoiler sections to the Patreon only. Uh, model so it's only a dollar or two depending on which tier you're looking to subscribe for the patreon um, if you like these podcasts let me know how I can improve give me a thumbs up subscribe subscribe follow whatever you got to do on twitch YouTube get a master on SoundCloud get it early on patreon you'll be able to get all of this early on patreon you'll be able to get uh, the entire library um, spoiler and spoiler free sections are all on patreon you're going to get hundreds of uh, podcasts pre-recorded all fresh hot and ready for your ear listening goodness and so um, we are going to discuss spoilers of judah judas and the black messiah and uh spoiler section coming up right now In 1968, 19-year-old petty criminal William Bill O'Neill is arrested in Chicago after attempting to steal a car while posing as a federal officer. He is approached by FBI Special Agent Roy Mitchell, who offers to have O'Neill's charges dropped if he works under the Bureau. O'Neill is assigned to infiltrate the Illinois chapter of Black Panther Party and its leader, Fred Hampton. Um, first, first scene. I believe there's a, a really amazing tracking shot. Long takes of the uh, this kind of carjacking gone wrong, and it instantly puts you in the seat and in the perspective of uh, William O'Neill. Um, and you can see his predicament. You can definitely see how somebody would would want to do whatever they can to get out of the situation they are. And not to say what Bill O'Neill was right or wrong. I'm not really here to say what, what I, I might comment on uh, the predicament he was in. Not, but Because it's a real sticky situation, especially with what happens at the end of this. Um, so William Bill, 
Bill O'Neill is really squeezed by the FBI to be put in this position. And then just kind of like anyone else that would be put in that position, they almost blackmail him to an extent. It's really, really fucked up what the FBI does to him. And in turn, what ends up happening to the Hampton and Black Party uh, family and community. So... O'Neill begins to grow close to Hampton, who works to form alliances with rival gangs and uh, the militant groups while extending community outreach through the BPP's Free Breakfast for Children program. Now, they're very, uh, they're very community-oriented is what I understood and grasped from this, um, this movie. The one thing about the Black Panther Party that I had never heard of was how it was providing protection, how it was providing uh, it was providing free breakfasts and meals to pe- people in the community. They really were making uh, an effort to help the community out, which is something I had no idea. I had literally no idea uh, that that they had any positive influence. As a matter of fact, I think for a while that they were considered a terrorist organization. I'm I'm not exactly sure if they still are at this point but one thing they they never really covered in my opinion in in history was how much they had were giving back to the community and and the reasoning for existing as well okay so uh hampton persuasively oratorially skills sorry oratory skills eventually helped to form the multiracial rainbow coalition which is the anti-racist, anti-class, multicultural movement founded in uh, April 4th, 1969 by, by Hampton. Um, Hampton also falls in love with Deborah Johnson. And, oh my goodness, she looks exactly like uh, uh, Dominique Fishback. Wow. She's a fellow uh, Black Panther member. O'Neill begins to relay intel to Mitchell, and Mitchell is played by Jesse Plemons, who plays this role to a T. I think everybody on the government side, what is it, Martin Sheen and uh, uh, Plemons, you can see how the squeeze is happening from the top down. You see how the government is, the racism that the government is uh, enforcing is influencing what uh, Plemons is having to do onto Bill O'Neill, and so it's like this trickle-down effect that is happening. It's very, very messed up. Um, and I think the movie does an excellent job of kind of showing how that happens and how that how that sort of worked um, to a a lesser degree. You know, it's easy to to make bad guys in movies, but you know, it's hard to humanize them a hundred percent. Uh, let me see. And and there are scenes with Plemons having this family, and it's just it's sad seeing what's going on in comparison to what the Black Panther Party is having to go through versus what Plemons family was going through, which is is night and day, you know. Um. So Deborah Johnson, a fellow member, O'Neill begins to relay information to Plemons' character, who is in turns compensates him with money. You see the growth of Bill O'Neill's character. You can see how he's making money. You see how he's benefiting from this. 
When a fugitive party member, George Sams, hides out of the local BBP office, O'Neill learns that the that Mitchell's that Mitchell that Sams is uh sorry, O'Neill learns from Mitchell that Sams is an informant whose BPP offices allow the bureau to obtain search warrants. Um let me see. Um, after trials, sorry, after Hampton is arrested and imprisoned for allegedly stealing $71 worth of ice cream bars, which is complete bullshit, and they, they, they talk about it too. The perspective of this movie does, um, generally is around Bill O'Neill, but there are some certain scenes that I feel like kind of go a little bit outside of it, um, because, like, I'm not sure if they would always... Bill O'Neill was an interesting character to kind of watch and and follow. He, 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 the rock in a hard place is is like the the most minimal form of what this guy was going through. He was just fucked, really. And so they the police wanted to get Hampton off the streets. They had to get him for doing something ridiculous. So they charged him with stealing ice cream bars and what they give him five years or something like that. Like what the fuck. Begins to rise throughout the ranks. O'Neill begins to rise throughout the ranks and is promoted security captain when a shootout between uh, the Chicago police and the BPP occurs at the chapter office. O'Neill sneaks out as the office is bombed by the place. Uh, O'Neill attempts to quit being an informant but is rejected by Mitchell. Um, So numerous times they are trying... You see Bill trying to leave the... uh, the role as an informant but he is just forced to continue to do it and in some ways i feel like he's away he's kind of put himself in that position like he's like ah you know the money you know the protection that kind of thing but then at one point it just becomes extremely dangerous for him to be an informant uh in the black panther party because i mean he he found if they find out they talk about what all the things that they would do and all the things that they have done to other informants and other people that were basically rats um let me see. Uh, this this shootout was very intense. Uh, I feel like everything feels very grounded in how the violence is executed in this. It's not flashy, in my opinion. Uh, three months later, Hampton is released from prison while appealing uh, his charges. And okay, so it's three months later. Three uh, while appealing his charges, he re- reunites with Deborah, now pregnant with his child. Uh, a BPP member, Jimmy Palmer, who was hospitalized after being shot by an officer, is killed while being transferred to another hospital. Enraged upon learning of Jimmy's death, fellow member Jake Winters enraged with a shootout uh, with police, killing several officers before being gunned down uh, himself. This was a little bit... It feels like this was an important part of the story they wanted to discuss of how the treatment of um, the BPP members were being treated. And uh, I don't really feel like we knew this character of Jake Winters to have this uh, long enough to really care about his, um, his not, you know, his struggle, his perspective of going through. I understand why he was upset. I understand why he's doing all this. But I feel like from the perspective of how the movie was uh, 
showing him and how much time we had gotten with him. I felt like this guy should have been introduced in the movie way earlier. Even both of them should have been introduced in the way earlier so that we would have had more of a, oh, damn, they really did do that to the guy that, you know, they were really close to. But we never really got really close to that guy, in my opinion. So um, I it has been a few months since I've seen this movie, so I'm kind of doing a little bit of a retro review. It's been a minute since I watched it, but yeah. Uh, let's see. So yeah, we do learn about Jake Winters and raising a shootout, killing officers and being gunned down himself. I think this was, uh, yeah, it's, it's important to see, but I'm not sure if the execution was a hundred percent. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not sure the execution of the, uh, of the way of showing his emotional story and emotional arc was, was a hundred percent satisfying, but that was just me personally. Um, let me see. Uh, after Hampton, uh, Hampton's appeal was rejected, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover orders Hampton to be neutralized before he returns to prison. Uh, Mitchell corners O'Neill into helping with the plan by warning him that the BPP will retaliate against him if they find out he's an informant, and O'Neill reluctantly agrees to help help out. This is when they're they're really pressuring O'Neill at this point. They're like, all right, this is, you know, this is going to go down whether you like it or not. And you're either going to get squeezed by the government or you're going to get squeezed by the BPP, what you, you choose. Um, so he had no good options. Um, not that he chose the right option at all. It's just that there, he was probably fucked either way. Uh, O'Neill is later handed a vial of sedatives and ordered to drug Hampton's drink with it. The next evening, the BPP members gather at Hampton's apartment before he departs for prison. An allied gang leader offers Hampton money for him to flee the country with, but he turns it down and instead instead orders a trust to be established with the money under Jake's name. As an as the evening progresses, O'Neill reluctantly drugs Hampton's drink and departs after. Hours later, officers and agents raid the apartment and shoot Hampton dead. Later, O'Neill meets with Mitchell, who gives him money and a pair of keys to a gas station he now owns. O'Neill attempts to quit again, but reluctantly accepts the money and keys and places them into his pocket. The film ends with the archive footage of Hampton's speeches, his funeral procession, procession and interview O'Neill gave in 89. The title cards state that O'Neill continued to work as an informant with the BPP before dying by suicide. Um, this, a lawsuit was filed against the FBI in 1970 and 12 years later was settled for $1.85 million. Today, Fred Hampton Jr., and his mother serve as chairman and board member of the Black Panther Party Cubs. So that was uh, a lot to handle at that whole, that everything, that last five minutes, that last section, that last, uh, that last act of the movie left me speechless. I hadn't heard too much of Fred Hampton in history books, I feel like honestly they've 
not done an excellent job of kind of explaining who this guy was in the Black Panther Party, which makes me that much more, um, uh, that which makes me feel like I need to recommend this movie more. Uh, the way that the police bust in and gun down the entire Black Panther Party, and the camera is essentially just lingering on his Dominique Fishback's uh, face, which is Fred Hampton's wife in the movie, is uh, just gut-wrenching. And the cold callousness of it feels so inhumane that it's just it's one of the most difficult scenes I've seen in a movie in a long time what makes it that much more difficult to even process would be the fact that it's based off of a true story it's based off of real life it's not like they they made any of this up or anything like that so um yeah, I was absolutely speechless. I was emotional. I felt like I needed to tell people about this movie, and uh, this is another reason why I'll be um, I'll be releasing this podcast to everybody. I think everybody needs to see this to understand the um, severity of what what happened. And I'm not saying this is you know word for word of exactly what happened. 126 minutes can only do so much, but if it even gives you a drop of what they had to go through, um, then I absolutely think it's worth it. Uh, it's absolutely a gut punch. I told everyone in the spoiler section, spoiler free section, eight out of 10, and I'd probably still agree with it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, quite, quite the movie. And, uh, you know, if the movie had ended with not quite as big of a gut punch, I'm not, I'm not sure if it would have landed the same way, but, uh, you know, I respect them for keeping it as mostly close to historical facts as possible, historical, historically accurate as possible. Um, and to my knowledge, it's done a pretty good job. I don't see too many uh, too many notes that say they they change too many things. If I do, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. Maybe throw it in the um, throw it in the notes or something like that but i think this is uh, a very important movie not only from historical value but also um from the cast the cast absolutely nailed it i don't think there's uh, a a weak spot in the entire cast i think they are uh, they are able to tackle what is it dramedy from get out we had a uh, daniel kalua and lakeith Stanfield, and now we got this uh, historical drama. Um, I'm very impressed. Um, very impressed. So, thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast. Let me know what you thought about Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I'm assuming Judas and the Black Messiah, I believe Judas was killed. Is that what that is? Hold on. I, who is. Yeah, I, yeah. That's what I think, yeah. Oh, Judas. Is Judas another name for uh, Jesus? I'm, I'm, 
Oh, he's a disciple. Sorry, he's a disciple of. Uh, well, I. You see, I'm. Uh, I was raised Jewish, so I have no idea who these. Uh, so I have no idea about this story. So Judas, according to Wikipedia, one of the twelve disciples of Christ. Uh, Judas betrayed Jesus to Sandrian in the Garden of Gesmith by kissing him and addressing him as Rabbi, which is uh, a rabbi, sorry, is that rabbi, to reveal his identity in the darkness to the crowd who had come to arrest him. Huh. His name is often used synonymously with betrayal or treason. Wow. So I had no idea this was uh, all that. So I guess Judas is supposed to be Lakeith in this. Oh, okay. Well, I'm learning I'm learning a lot just kind of looking this up. I hope this helps as well. It helps everybody out. So, yeah, let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me know what you thought about the movie. Let me know how I can improve. Be sure to uh, subscribe on the patreon.com slash podcast. You can donate as well. There's links below. Um, what do you got? Twitch, YouTube, SoundCloud. Get it early on Patreon. You already know. Uh, also got Instagram. We, we got all these uh, fun social medias. But, uh, so, thank you for listening, watching Luck It Out Podcast. Take it easy.